5: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: Young people should concern you more than they do. I will explain tonight. We're going to talk about college campuses. Are we really a late stage republic? All that and so much more is coming up tonight on I'm Right. All right, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. I'm going to plug something for you. Thefirsttv.com slash history. I know that's a weird way to open a show, but just, just stay with me for a moment. What you'll find there are specials, history specials that we've done on this show. And there's one in particular I want you to go check out after you're done watching this show tonight. The Forgotten Genocide. It's about Pol Pot and the Cambodian communist takeover, and what happened there. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I'm going somewhere with this, stay with me. It was horrible. Uh, Some of the worst human rights disasters. It's just, it's a really, really ugly story. 25% of Cambodia gone, killed, eliminated. And one of the most famous parts of that genocide was S-21 prison, S-21 prison. It was a former schoolhouse The communists converted it into a prison. And it's a house of horrors. My understanding is it's a museum to this day. If you visit Cambodia, you can go check it out. But I believe 14 people made it out alive. Something like 15, 20,000 people died in S21 prison. It was a place that was so horrible The guards would frisk you endlessly when you first got there. What were they looking for? They were looking for anything on your person you could use to commit suicide. The place was so bad, everyone just wanted to die. Everybody in there. And torture was the name of the game in there. Horrific torture. And then, you know, I said no one made it out alive, So what happened to them? Well, when it was time, when they were done with you beating confessions out of you, torturing you, making your life a living hell, they would drive you out of S-21 prison. And because they didn't have a lot of money in Cambodia, they wanted to save on bullets, the guards would then beat you to death with sticks. Beat you to death. Horrible stuff, right? Now, I just told you that story about S-21 prison, probably a story you already know. But there's a part of the story that people forget Or they don't know. Because I just described the guards, right? And that horror. And how did you picture? What are you picturing right now with the guards? It's human nature when you talk about atrocities to picture some big, full-grown man, probably ugly, a big, ugly, mean communist beating people to death. But here's the part of the story people don't get. They were teenagers. 14-year-olds. 14, 15 year old Cambodian boys weighed about 95 pounds. They were the enforcement arm of Pol Pot's communists. You ever heard of the Cultural Revolution in China? I'm not gonna go into it, where Mao got himself a domestic army and they went and beat two million people to death, hung them, tortured them, horrible stuff. The Cultural Revolution, those weren't big, mean communists either. They were high school kids and college kids. You see, we've made a critical mistake here in America. Maybe you've made this mistake yourself. We look at college campuses, we look at high schools, and we think about them as maybe naive, misguided, eyes ah, a little to the left. Oh, hey, hey, maybe you've said something like this. They'll grow up one day when they start earning a paycheck. Right, guys? You're looking at them all wrong because of our communist education system, because of our communist culture in this country, young people in this nation now have been educated for years to hate everything that is good. They hate this country. They hate you. They love violence. Love violence. Oh, Jesse, no, they don't. They're just out to smoking weed on the quad. You see the latest poll come out? Hamas goes into Israel They raped, tortured, burned. Uh, I read a story yesterday about a mother and her child. They were found, their burned bodies clinging to each other. They burned a mother and their child to death. And did you know that half of America's young people, half approve of it? They approve of it. Now, what I'm telling you right now It's not actually about Israel, Hamas, or any of that stuff. I'm telling you this because it's really critical for everyone to understand there is already a standing army in this country of vicious little communist monsters who would, without the slightest bit of hesitation, if they were given permission by the people in charge and they had the freedom under the law, to do what they wanted to do, they would do everything that Pol Pot's little communists did. They would do everything the Red Guard did. And if you think that's crazy, it's over the top, it's hyperbole, I would invite you, please, read a history book. The entire history of the world. It's not about, well, naive little young people who grow up one day. The history of the world is vicious leaders Understanding that young people, they don't have fully developed brains. They don't have your logical way of thinking. Once they get together in a mass, in a big mob, they will do horrors beyond comprehension. And those people live right here in the United States of America. And it's important you understand something else. And it's really important. This is actually the most important part. Obviously, there's calamity coming. It's already here and it's coming. But fiscally, uh, that's, that's, we all know what's coming there. The debt, the interest rates, we all know what's coming. Recession, depression, it's gonna be really bad. When troubles come, bad, bad, bad troubles come, the people in government who have done these things to us, who have done this to our country, they're not going to do what we want them to do. They're not gonna get up in front of the podium and they're not gonna say, man, my bad, guys. I, I screwed up. Look, hey, Great Depression's here. We have unrest in the streets. And I got to be honest, that's on me. I, I, look, if I had to do it over again, I would. My bad. They're not going to do that. They're going to aim all that anger at you. Because remember, Democrats in this country, they don't have foreign enemies, as someone once said, they have domestic enemies. When the collapse gets here, when all this nutty stuff starts, they're going to take all these vicious little street animals, high school kids, college kids, and they're going to aim them at you and say, that's who did it. When Mao's Red Guard, those high school and college kids, were beating people to death, they were beating to death landlords, anyone who had it better. Oh, but those words don't sound familiar to you, right? That's not how Democrats in this country talk. That's not how these young people think, is it? You need to understand that young people have been conditioned in this country for violence. I know, ah, they're so stupid with their skinny jeans, what are they gonna do? Weak people are the most violent, vicious people on the planet. The strong man, you rarely have to worry about him. Mobs of weaklings, (sighs) capable of horrors beyond imagination. Educated for years, by people just like this guy.
2: It was exhilarating. No. It was exhilarating, it was energizing. Oh, if they weren't exhilarated no, by no. this this challenge
5: to the monopoly of violence by this shifting of the balance of power, then they wouldn't not be human. I was exhilarating. No. Oh.
6: Again, this isn't about Hamas, Israel, Palestine. I'm mean, not even talking about that. This is about the United States of America and the powder keg we have right here at home. All you're seeing now is more evidence of it. And that brings me to one final point before I wrap this up. We have a huge show for you. as Stepman, we got Dave Marcus, Carol Markowitz. It's just going to be a great show for you. One last point. I'm starting to see some pushback now from these corporations and, and politicians because of all these protests on major college campuses, all these pro-Hamas protests. That's fine, but where, where was all this when Black Lives Matter in Antifa, when the street animals were torching American cities? Do you remember what they did to Minneapolis? Do you remember, we played the, we played the video for you a million times. Do you remember what these people did to American cities? Where was all this outrage then? Not only was there no outrage, there no pushback, there no calling for these people to be banned from employment, the NFL was printing Black Lives Matter on their helmets. Oh, of course, they're taking that off now, but remember, the devil who lives with you is so much more dangerous than the one overseas. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We're going to talk to Inez about that and many other things in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to something else that's plaguing our country. Dirty windshields. Not on the outside. Everyone can clean the outside of a windshield. That's not difficult. Shoot, you just do a little, that's the sound it makes in squirts of water. Anyway, it's the inside. They get that film on it. It's just kind of foggy and cloudy. You know what I'm talking about. Never gets clean, right, does it? Well, now there's finally somebody who came up with something. Windshield wow. What is it? You don't have to do this thing where you're twisting your hands anymore to clean the inside of your windshield. You clean it from the outside magnet. So you're cleaning outside and inside of your windshield. This thing is freaking awesome. Go get one. You want a special discount? Go to windshieldwow.com and use the promo code JESSE. You will love this thing. My boys love doing it now. Windshieldwow.com, promo code JESSE.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Harvard has a terrible history toward Jews. It's time for a reckoning, Harvard's history of anti-Semitism. I will no longer contribute money to Harvard or to Yale or to the City University of New York unless and until there is a reckoning with the history.
6: Okay. That's Alan Dershowitz. He's cracking down. He's had enough of all this stuff going on on college campus, all these pro-Hamas protests. And that's fine, right? I applaud. Whoa, that's awesome. Do the right thing. I just... Where was any of this when the Black Lives Matter and Antifa street animals were taking over college campuses and burning down American cities and murdering people in the country? Not only were none of these people outraged, they all supported them. Interesting. Joining me now my friend, and as Stepman, senior policy analyst for the independent women's forum. And as I look again, that's wonderful. We're doing the right thing now. Uh, there, none of these people care about America though.
9: Yeah, I, I can really understand why people resent this um, on the right. Uh, they, they resent that. Finally, this is the, the, the place where the line has been drawn. Um, that being said, of course, I wholeheartedly support drawing the line. Uh, Here, If if not, you know, I I supported drawing the line quite a a while ago. But, um, you know, that being said, I understand the resentment, but I think we have to look forward. Um, This is an enormous opportunity in some ways. I think a lot of people's eyes are opened. Uh, I mean, again, you and I know foolishly for the first time. I mean, if you couldn't predict what has been happening on American college campuses with regard to Hamas, then you haven't been paying attention to the ideology that has taken over not only those campuses, but from those campuses, um, every other institution in American life. Um, this this is not surprising. If this shocks you, uh, you, you need to take a very long, hard look at your worldview. Um, and sometimes this seems like a sort of superficial alliance between the, the, the wokes and the they, thems and the binaries, right? Um, and, and Hamas, but in fact, it's an alliance that makes a lot of sense because they have the same enemies, right? It's 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 the cradle of civilization, you know, between Athens and Jerusalem, it's, it's Western civilization, the United States, you know, Jews, Christians, white people, Americans, Israelis, for them, um, each one of these groups slots into that oppressor slot in, in this very rigid hierar- uh, hierarchical worldview of oppressor and oppressed. Uh, and, and so to me, this makes sense. They have the same enemies and the enemy is us.
6: Of course. And and one of my favorite things about you is you don't have any time for pie-in-the-sky notions. It's one of the things that drives me crazy, these people with pie-in-the-sky notions. And I see this still all the time on the right. I see these pie-in-the-sky notions about what young people are capable of. They'll dismiss them as being, well, a little left, okay, naive, certainly wrong. That's not how Mao saw young people. That's not how Pol Pot saw young people. Vicious dictators have understood that young people are the perfect standing army, and we have one already in this country. People don't want to acknowledge it, but we do. They're standing, and it would only take a nudge and a direction to aim them, and they would do terrible things.
9: Yeah, there's this this idea again that this is not a direct result of allowing um, this hard left ideology to control the American education system and at the K twelve level for the last thirty years. At uh, the higher ed level, you know, God knows how long. William F. Buckley wrote Gone and Man and Yale seventy years ago, and we've done exactly nothing about it since then. Um, so yeah, in some ways, we are reaping. The the results of allowing the, the left to take over. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? That you could teach a, an entire two generations of Americans that America's evil um, that that uh, white people are oppressors that that anything having to do with western history or anything suggesting uh, that it's good to be proud of being uh, an American to be proud of being part of western civilization which is superior to other civilizations all of these notions um, have not just been out of fashion in the academy but been actively vilified in the academy um, in on the university level like I said for over 70 years and on on the k12 12 level for the last 30 years, did you think that there would be no consequences when you see these poll numbers showing that uh, Americans 18 to 24, the majority of them, not just support Palestine, right, um, but actually say that these this kind of slaughter of women and children, right, is justified based on the grievances that Palestinians have against the state of Israel. Don't, you know, don't fool yourself. That poll uh, could be replicated in terms of of the, the um, Distribution of views over age. That poll could be just uh, replicated about any American action. These same people don't think the United States was justified in dropping a bomb on Hiroshima. Okay, they they fundamentally they hate their own civilization. They hate the West and Israel is just an extension, just another thing to slot into um, that that oppressor slot. They hate you just as much, um, and and the same reaction would happen. Uh, and I I fear the same reaction would happen if there was an attack on the United States today.
6: Of course it would. By the way, you have a piece up in USA Today, a good piece about taxing universities. What are you talking about?
9: Yeah, I mean, I think after the last couple of weeks, it's clearer than ever, although, of course, I think it's been clear for quite some time. Um, We need to treat universities as what they are. They're they're hostile entities within the United States. Um, And unfortunately, they exist in an enormously privileged position where the U.S. taxpayer is essentially funding Um, this enormous wealth and power and control um, and and locus of politics is happening in the universities. Um, And here, there's the the sort of final insult, um, injury to add to insult, right? Here is that uh, we will bail out student loans. Um, Even if nothing happens, this Biden plan was struck down, um, we own these loans, right? So when people default on the loans, it's the US taxpayer that's already the creditor. If if people declare bankruptcy, if they default, right? Um, We're already the creditor on the other side of the table with these loans. 93% of them are held and originated by the Department of Education. You can thank Obama for that. So um, we own these loans and my suggestion is that the U.S. taxpayers should in no way uh, pay them back, Um, that in fact we should hold universities responsible for the ever-escalating cost and ever-decreasing value of the product that they're offering. They have not shown themselves as worthy of public investment, and we should simply tax the enormous wealth that they have um, and, and use it to, to make sure that taxpayers never have to pay um, for these student loans, which is right now, what is going to happen, what, what, regardless of what you know, sort of we want to happen, that's what's gonna happen. The taxpayers is gonna pay for these student loans.
6: Should the red states be getting much more aggressive with the universities within their borders? Look, I look at my own state in Texas. Everyone thinks about red Texas and red this and red that. Our universities, many of them, are just putrid here. We have, we have we have medical schools that still have vax requirements right here in the red state of Texas.
9: Yeah, I mean, I think Florida has really led the way in this and as on so many things, um, they're really doing uh, a serious um, review of of essentially the universities that are connected to the state, uh, the the state universities and um, they're asserting the democratic, small d, democratic control that is absolutely uh, legitimate to assert over these universities. You know, on the right, we have allowed ourselves to lapse into this idea that the assertion of political power is always bad, right? There's always, we have to be neutral, that that we can't actually use um, public instruments towards our own ends, even when those ends are legitimate and backed through the democratic process. We find that there's something icky or or illegitimate about doing that. In fact, the opposite is true. Um, Not not using those legitimate powers of the state has allowed the left to completely take over these institutions um, against the will of most of the citizens who, let, let me remind you, again, we are paying for this right? The idea that we have no say over what goes on in institutions funded by us is ridiculous. It's an anti-democratic idea. Um, And and we should reassert that. Florida has done a good job doing that. Uh, There have been other states looking at it. I would also, frankly, in in, in the proposal that IWF put out, um, we suggest that states should take a look at the property owned by universities, right? Um, Oftentimes, universities are the largest property owners in the state. They're mostly currently exempted from high property taxes, right? These are um, these are universities that, again, have not justified this very special carve-out that they have where we all pretend that they're these like non-profit, um, you, know, uh, you know, just, just it's always good, right? These entities are always good. They're doing good things. And so we don't want to treat them just like anything else. Well, what they actually are, are Hamas supporting public hedge funds. And we should start treating them as though that is what they are. And we should tax them like that is what they are. Um, and this is just a matter of looking at the situation on the ground and realizing that whatever you think about your alma mater or your university 20, 30, 40, 60, you know, 70, 100 years ago, that's not what that institution stands for today. It's not its output. Um, And it's just looking at a hard, hard look at what the universities are actually doing to this country. And most of it is not good. And so we ought not to extend them. This special uh, little carve out where we fund the student loans. We give billions in grants and at the back end, we forgive the student loans. with these universities are getting ever, ever richer. They have, you know, um, close to a trillion dollars in endowment funds, right? How is, How does that make any sense? Any sense in terms of justice, in terms of policy, or in terms of politics, frankly? It makes no sense, and we ought to start uh, make, riding that ship, I guess.
6: Still nobody has endorsed the Jesse Kelly plan of just firing every employee and bulldozing the buildings to the ground, but we'll all get there one day. Inez, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
5: Now, we're
6: going to talk to Dave and Carol Markowitz next about America. Where are we? Are we late stage? Are we still on the up? What do do they think about it? They may disagree with each other. They may disagree with me. Before we get to that, let's get to this. With everything going on, it can feel uh, a little bit intimidating right now, right? There's so much. There's so much to take care of. But I really want everyone to understand you have to take care of yourself yourself before you can take care of any of this. I'm not saying that selfishly, I'm talking about your health. I rely on chalk, C-H-O-Q. What is it? Natural herbal supplements. I am so mortified by our health industry in this country. I'm mortified by the testosterone levels in this country. They're in free fall. I personally, I take a male vitality stack from chalk every day. There are female vitality stacks. There are endless natural herbal supplements from my friends, the hardcore anti communists at Chalk, go start taking better care of yourself. You can't save America unless you are right. You might just end up feeling like a million bucks. Go to chalk.com. Promo code Jesse TV gets you 35% off. Jesse TV. All right? We'll be back.
2: Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm excited about
6: this. I'm excited because it's going to be an argument. There's Dave Marcus, my buddy Dave Marcus, of course, columnist. Everybody reads Dave's stuff, as you should. He's very hopeful, He's always been this way, so as long as I've known him, he's very, very hopeful. He has no time for this late-stage republic talk. Carol, probably the Russian inner, much more along the lines of my thinking, Carol Markowitz, of course, columnist, host of the Carol Markowitz Show now, I should point out. Carol thinks we are a late-stage republic. Nations rise, nations fall, they grow, and they go down, that's the whole history of the world. Dave, I don't want to put a bunch of words in your mouth. I hand it off to you, I think it's very obvious. Like, I'm not saying we're going out of business tomorrow, not, not at all, but it's very obvious. We
10: kind of hit the peak. Did we not hit the peak, Dave? I don't I don't think there's any reason to believe that we've hit the peak. I mean, we're still the preeminent superpower in the world. Uh, we're still obviously a place that millions and millions of people want to come to to start a new life. I mean, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I've never met an American who said to me, you know what? I'm going to pack up my family, we're going to move to Russia, we're going to move to China, and I'm going to find them a better life. That doesn't happen, right? It only really happens the other way around. Now, look, we have a lot of problems. We have a bungling, awful president, right? We have a completely incompetent Congress. There's there's a lot to complain about. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, we're still we're still the top of the heap here, and it, it's not particularly close. Carol, Let's say so-
11: you? I, I think you oversold me a little bit because while Dave is often wrong, I'm actually closer to him here than I am to you, um, only because... I agree with him that there is no better option. Uh, I think we're in deep trouble. Uh, I write this like very hopeful Americaversary piece every year on the day that my family came to America. And every year, it was has been like sunshine and flowers for the last you know decade plus that I've been writing this column. And this last one, I have to say that it was my first time not feeling super optimistic about America. So I get what you're saying. I just think there's nobody around to overtake us right now and there's no better option as Dave says um much as again I hate to agree with him on anything I there the, the truth is that we could turn this ship around and we should and we shouldn't give up on it and there's nowhere else to go take it from somebody who has had to you know escape the soviet union when i was a child my family um and then leave new york because which i loved so deeply and never wanted to go anywhere because i felt like i had to give my family a better life there literally are no other options we have to fight for this one
6: Okay, well, I'm not arguing with that point. I'm not arguing that there are other options. And I'm not arguing that we should just lay down and not fight for the whole thing. Apparently, I have to be the bad guy here. But... It's a little pie in the sky to just state that we are the best country in the world, Dave. I'm actually addressing this one to you first. Of course, we're still the best country in the world. Rome was still the most powerful empire in the world when it was on its downslope. That doesn't change the fact that it's on the downslope and nations, even powerful ones, come apart all at once sometimes, Dave.
10: Yeah, no, look, I think that's right. And I think that we have some big problems in terms of our institutions. Obviously, what we're seeing on, on college campuses is is a, a disgrace and, and just terrible, especially in, in, in light of the attacks on Israel and also our cities. You know, I mean, Carol mentioned leaving New York. I'm also a, a New York expat uh, and it breaks my heart what's happening in our cities. And I do think that if we don't get control of that, um, then we are in for problems. But Look, it's a big country, right? Florida went, or Carol went to Florida, I went to West Virginia. I know you're you know always sort of urging people to go find those enclaves where you can live your life the way that you want to, and that's still absolutely possible in the United States of America, and I you know I think both of us are doing that.
6: Yeah, uh, Carol, you you did that, right? Mm-hmm. And Dave brings up an interesting point about our cities. There are two really uh, two major symptoms that when I look at the country, the state of our cities. Look, I love the country too, but people don't talk about, you know, Montana where I grew up in Japan. They talk about going to New York City. You know, your city is what's on the billboard of your country and other, other in other nations, the state yeah. of our cities and more importantly the state of our institutions, Carol. Our institutions are hostile to the country itself and institutions Absolutely. are what build a country whether it's education entertainment government the pick your institution the friggin' cdc hates the country how do you right. overcome that
11: so I, i'm very big on step one always being facing reality and the truth is that even people on the right ignored what was going on for so long and they can no longer ignore it so is it is it too late i, I hope not um, but for years and years People on the right just said, I have, you know, I have to go to work, I have to take care of my kids. I can't be thinking about what they're teaching in teachers' colleges and that they're using Marxist books there. I, I can't be worrying about like the DEI and the, the corporations making people put their pronouns in their emails. I have I have things to do. And now they realize that they won't be able to do those things. They won't be able to just raise their families and, and, and teach them the kind of lessons that they want taught unless they fight this bigger cultural battle. So now that they have faced the reality that it won't be somebody else's problem. It won't be somebody else's fight. I think I've seen a united front in a way that I haven't before on the right. I think we're going to win. We have to win. I see this pendulum swinging backwards. They've gone too far in so many different ways. Um, I, I Little things like I, I think that the trans... Uh, Uh, athletes thing has opened a lot of eyes a lot of people who do not want to pay attention to politics and generally don't are like wait a minute a biological male is winning all the races against biological females how is this okay and it is opening eyes i just think we have to continue the fight and we can't give up and again nowhere else to go
6: dave let's talk about college campuses because you brought up the rod on college campuses and what we're seeing now But the truth is, our our problem is it doesn't stay on college campus. It hasn't stayed on college campuses. They graduate from these universities. Our most elite universities actually produce the worst commies in this country. And then they move on and they run our Fortune 500 companies. They become United States senators. They become presidents. That is the problem. Our rot didn't stay down here with 18-year-old idiots. Our rot, it worked its way up. How do we change
10: that? Well, it took some time, right? I mean, I remember when all of this stuff was starting in the early 90s. Like, I was in high school at the time when a lot of this sort of like at the time we called it political correctness. But, you know, the time when a lot of this diversity stuff and valuing differences and these things, and it was only located really in academic institutions. But you're right, over time, that's advanced. Um, It's become malignant. And, you know, Yes, Fortune 500 companies and the Senate, but what about the New York Times? What about CNN? What about you know yeah. Disney? You know. What, everything that gets produced um, is being produced by people who exist with this sort of sense of a hierarchy of oppression, where if you're the oppressed person, you can do no wrong, and if you're the oppressor, you can do no right, and that's got to get smashed. I mean that 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 has to end. And I think Carol's right. I heard David Mamet talk about this earlier today as well, like. Stop sending your kids to these schools. Just stop. I'm mixed on Carol? that.
11: Yeah, I don't know. I'm mixed Go. on that. I'm, I yes, I, I agree that these institutions are broken and in trouble. Um, and. I'm not just not sure that shunning them is the right path. The people who graduate these schools do still go on to these positions of power. So why wouldn't I want my children, who are raised in this anti-woke, you know, environment in our home, who are pretty—I mean, they're young, so I, I don't want to call them like conservatives, but they are—they're—they're they're my anti-woke police. Um, why wouldn't I want them to go to those schools, graduate, get to those top positions, and them being in control? You know, Ann Coulter said a million years ago, the college kids. Who are conservative on campus and then they graduate and they go work for like americanpatriot.com instead of working for the new york times that's a problem we should get people working at the new york times who have our point of view we should have our kids go to yale and harvard and, and change it um we can't just surrender and so i am going to lay down the foundation for my kids at home and then wherever they want to go i am going to, i'm going to trust that they're going to be able to defend their themselves and their positions
6: See, we
11: found
6: a way yeah. to disagree. Yeah, I like that. See, you did. And look, look. The truth is, I disagree with both of you. And since I have to let you go, I'm up against the clock. I, 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 I disagree with both of you. I think the best thing we could do would be fire every employee at these universities, demo the buildings, and create a statue to Karl Marx I mean, there. And that's that... really the way you would solve this. That's that's what that's the Jesse Kelly solution. Dave, Carol, I love you guys. See you.
11: Thank
6: you, Jesse. All right. Missouri versus Biden, it's a big deal. We talked about it before on the show. It's a really big deal, and we're going to give you an update on that in just a moment. Before we get to that, let's do this. Let's do a little bit of a dog upkeep. We don't give our dogs nutrition. We want to because we love them. We give them dog food. And what do we get? What kind of dog food do you got? I guarantee you have a special blend you've gotten for Muffy, don't you? Well, no, this this is better for his... It's all dead. All dog food is dead. Pick one the dog likes to eat and just buy it for him because it doesn't matter. They kill everything in it. That's why it's brown. They kill it in the manufacturing process. Your dog never gets nutrition, ever, unless you start putting rough greens on your dog's food. Rough greens is an all-natural nutritional supplement. Your dog will love it, and you will see such a difference in your dog. His coat, his breath, you're giving your dog years longer with you. That's what you're giving your dog with Rough Greens. Free Jumpstart trial bags right now. All you have to do is call 833-33-MY-DOG or go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. All right? We'll be back.
2: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Missouri versus Biden. You are aware of it if you watch this show, but the federal government is evil. The Biden administration have they violated everybody's rights to be frank. But let's just get to Tracy right away about it. Tracy Beans joins us now, host of the Dark to Light podcast. Tracy, act like I've never heard of it before. What is Missouri versus Biden anyway?
12: Well, finally, the states of Missouri and Louisiana decided that they were going to join with some private plaintiffs and sue the federal government for coercing the social media companies to censor or change their terms of service and their content moderation policies to remove American speech that they considered wrongthink. So they did that, and when they filed, they asked the judge in Louisiana, uh, Judge Ter- Terry Dowdy, to impose a temporary injunction that would halt the government from doing that stuff while the rest of the case continued through, arguing that you know every day that this is allowed to continue is an ongoing harm to the First Amendment rights of all Americans, um, including the, the private plaintiffs who were on the suit as well. So the judge said, yeah, we'll, we'll do that, sure, but you know you're gonna need to prove to me first that they're actually doing this in the first place, so we're gonna grant limited discovery where you can subpoena and depose certain people and certain agencies. Um, they, of course, the government, the evil government, as you say, uh, challenged that, they lost. The depositions went on. And from that, we got extensive evidence in this limited discovery of just that. You know, the White House Director of Digital Communications berating Facebook staff, yelling at them to take things down, um, yelling at them to change their content moderation policies surrounding COVID, the COVID vaccines, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, and a whole number of other things. So on uh, July 4th, uh, Judge Dowdy actually granted this temporary injunction. And the government flipped out They appealed it to the court above them and said, we need to be able to censor people. What are you doing? And the fifth court affirmed it um, for four agencies, which would be the White House, the CDC, the FBI, and the Surgeon General's office. But they left off CISA, uh, which is basically the nerve hub for all of the activity that was going on. So the the Missouri and Louisiana came back and said, please add CISA to this, reconsider your your decision that you made. Uh, The fifth circuit did that, added CISA back in, And now we're at the stage where the government has appealed this to the Supreme Court of the United States, the temporary injunction, barring the government from coercing social media companies to censor Americans. The government appealed that to the SCOTUS saying that, you know, you're you're encroaching upon our speech rights as the government, our ability to use the bully pulpit to, you know, speak to our constituents in the country and tell them what we think is right, which is a complete misrepresentation. And just on Friday, the Supreme Court decided they were gonna hear this case. But the negative is they left this temporary injunction on a stay, which means that it is paused. It does not take effect indefinitely until the Supreme Court can hear the case. And Justices um, Alito, Thomas and Gorsuch really, really, you know, they, they were opposed to this and wrote a five page dissent to the decision that the other justices made. And that's pretty much where we are in, in three minutes. <laughs>
6: Okay, no that was that was a lot. Now I, I I couldn't help but notice you only listed the name of 3 Supreme Court justices. What happened to the others? Where is Amy Coney Barrett? What's wrong with these people?
12: Fantastic question. As a matter of fact, the 3 I listed called them out, said that they made this decision without even taking a look at the record in the case, all of the evidence in in emails and and all sorts of other evidence that's been put onto the record that two lower courts had determined was enough for the injunction and was enough to say that the plaintiffs will likely win based on the merits of the case in and of itself they didn't even bother to take the time to read it and it greatly troubled um the three justices that dissented enough to write five pages on a grant of cert which is really unheard of at the supreme court
6: Tracy, what are we looking for next? Uh, along the lines of who's going to rule what? When are they going to rule it? Act like I'm a moron, which shouldn't be difficult for you. What am I supposed to be looking out for?
12: So what we're waiting for now to, is to see when the Supreme Court will take the case. Uh, from what I hear, um, Attorney General General Andrew Bailey from Missouri has said that the Supreme Court may take this earlier than their spring session. That would be a, a great a great thing because in the interim, the government can tell these social media companies using their their bully pulpit again, you're gonna do this or we're gonna come after you with legislation. You're gonna take this, this, what we consider wrong think down from all these social media platforms or else we're gonna take action against you. So the longer that stay is in place, the longer it's gonna take um, for the government to be reeled back in from what they're doing. Censorship is a massive industry now, Jesse. It is a huge industry. We've got not-for-profits and NGOs and universities all chiming in. Um, Just so happens most of the speech being banned is is on the right from conservative leaning thinkers. Um, But that happens, we'll figure out when that is. And then the case is ongoing. So as all of this is going on on the side, the Missouri v. Biden case as a whole is ongoing in the district court. And so the next step would be, you know, subpoenas and depositions in that case. And it'll go on until we get to a jury trial, probably sometime at the middle or end of next year, in in my opinion.
6: Okay, could you elaborate Uh, What kind of consequences would a social media company face from the government if they didn't take down, oh, I don't know, a story about Hunter Biden doing booger sugar with European hookers?
8: (laughs) Well,
12: it it was Section 230. It was staff members going in and and, and sitting down. It was the FBI and law enforcement um, going in and sitting down with executives at these social media companies, warning them that if they didn't do these things, you know there would be consequences documented consequences like it's making the white house very unhappy jen saki stood at the podium for a press conference and said there are 12 people spreading all this misinformation if, if these platforms don't take action then we're going to have to take a look at what kind of monopoly is going on here and how we can take care of that so it was just enforcement tactics in the term in, in, in intimidation like ways that are documented in the case. Um, Legislation to stop them from being able to do certain things. We're seeing in California and New York right now, the attorneys general of those two states getting involved in trying to force social media companies to provide their content moderation strategies, the actions they took on certain accounts and for what. And they're making these laws in these liberal states and people are suing. Elon Musk is suing in California, Rumble sued in New York. So it's going on all over the country. And hopefully this is the beginning of the end for all of this.
6: Uh, My dream, Tracy, is that government people go to prison. That's really what I want. That's what I've always wanted. It's the only way to save this country. A lot of government people have to go to prison for a long time. FBI agents, politicians, a lot of these people. On the back end of this, is there any chance even one government person goes to prison? Just give me one. I'll I'll start with one.
12: (laughs) We'll we'll throw some names out there, but no, it's a civil case, (laughs) unfortunately. I'm with you. There are a lot of people that need to go to prison, Jesse. (laughs) Quite a few.
6: There are a lot of people. Tracy, you're the best. Thank you. Come back soon. (laughs) Look, this is why it's so important for red states to get more aggressive than they are. This is awesome. This is exposing a very evil federal government. Missouri, of all places, you know, when you ask people the reddest states in the union, they'll tell you, you know, Texas and, and all these other places. But Missouri... They really have been the tip of the spear when it comes to this stuff. State power must be used for our advantage now. That's why you need to get to a red state. That's why you need to start running for office. State legislatures, governors, these Texas, or Texas, these red state AGs, they are our path forward. They are power we can attain and then power we can use. We have precious few institutions left, but we have those. Remember that, all right? All right. We have, <laughs> we have a light in the mood next. You know, personal injury lawyers, they're the worst of the worst. The ambulance chasing lawyers, yeah, they're bad, but they really do make some amazing television commercials. Stay tuned for this one next.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: All right, it is time to lighten the mood. And personal injury lawyers—they are just a different breed, aren't they? Uh, have you have you ever seen this one? The greatest TV ad
0: ever. Serious injuries? Don't despair. Just pick up the phone, call me. I'm Lowell the Hammer Stanley. I will hunt down everyone responsible for hurting you. I will make them pay dearly.
7: If you want all the money you need, the money you deserve, call me. 459 Cash. I'm Lowell the Hammer Stanley. I want to get you all the money the law says is yours. Lowell the Hammer Stanley! 459 Cash! <laughs>
6: A different breed, man. Let's see them tomorrow.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.